What Max the Iditarod sled dog taught me about surviving to fight another day. Until recently, over half of his teammates sacrificed themselves during each race. The rules have not changed, but only a few dogs die now. Many in the freedom movement, including people like RFK, the Bregans, and McCullough, are willing to work themselves to death. We know we are fighting a forever war and doubt if we will live to see the end. Many of us hustle more than 70 hours a week with no time off, which was my pattern until recently. I would crash and burn about once a month for a day or two. The Iditarod is an 838-mile Alaskan dog sled race. Until recently, half of Max's teammates died during each race, and the team sometimes finished with only five dogs out of the original 15. Here is Jack London's description of this from Call of the Wild, published in 1903. With the last remnant of his strength, the sick dog managed to stagger along behind till the dog sled made another stop when he floundered past the sleds to his own where he stood alongside the lead dog. He pleaded with his eyes to remain there. The driver was perplexed. His comrades talked of how a dog could break its heart through being denied the work that killed it and recalled instances they had known where dogs too old for the toil or injured, had died because they were cut out of the traces. Also, they held it a mercy, since Dave the dog was to die anyway, that he should die in the traces, heart easy and content. So he was harnessed in again, and proudly he pulled as of old, though more than once he cried out involuntarily from the bite of his inward hurt. Several times he fell down and was dragged in the traces, and once the sled ran upon him so that he limped thereafter in one of his hind legs. But he held out till camp was reached, when his driver made a place for him by the fire. Morning found him too weak to travel. At harness-up time, he tried to crawl to his driver. By convulsive efforts, he got onto his feet, staggered, and fell. Then he wormed his way forward slowly where the harnesses were being put on his mates. He would advance his forelegs and drag his body with a sort of hitching movement when he would advance his forelegs and hitch ahead again for a few more inches. His strengths left him, and the last his mates saw of him as he lay gasping in the snow and yearning towards them. But they could hear him mournfully howling until they passed out of sight behind a belt of river timber. Here the train was halted. The driver slowly retraced his steps to the camp they had left. The men ceased talking. A revolver shot rang out. The man came back hurriedly. The whip snapped. The bells tinkled merrily. The sleds churned along the trail, but Buck knew, and every dog knew, what had taken place behind the belt of river trees. A new Iditarod strategy evolved in the last few years, running four hours and resting four hours. Most doggies now live until the end, yet the winning times have been repeatedly smashed. Running ourselves nearly to death makes us slower and less productive. But if we schedule time off each day, each week, and each year, we get more done overall and feel better. We need to listen to Max. 
Jerry Nielsen says that she, quote, believes in geographical cures. When she needed to throw malaise and unhappiness out of her life, she signed up to spend the winter at the South Pole Station. This is a commitment, for after the weather closes in, the people there cannot leave for many months. Dr. Nielsen diagnosed and treated her own breast cancer over the winter. This and other trials and adventures healed her wounds and made her stronger. You won't be able to put this book down. Uh, The title is Icebound. I have the image there. Travel works for me as well. Every trip I take, every new place I visit, no matter how mundane, enhances my perspective. Each time, my creativity gets shot through a cannon of renewal and my discouragement evaporates. If you cannot go to other countries, even a few days on the road with your bros helps. Parenthetically, Alcoholic Anonymous claims that geographical cures do not work, but they face a different problem. Melville wrote about geographical cures as well. Call me Ishmael. Some years ago, never mind how long precisely, having little or no money in my purse and nothing particular to interest me on shore, I thought I would sail about a little bit and see the watery part of the world. It is a way I have of driving off the spleen and regulating the circulation. Whenever I find myself growing grim about the mouth, whenever it is a damp, drizzly November in my soul, whenever I find myself involuntarily pausing before coffin warehouses and bringing up the rear of every funeral I meet, and especially whenever my hypos get such an upper hand of me that it requires a strong moral principle to prevent me from deliberately stepping into the street and methodically knocking people's hats off, then I account it high time to get to sea as soon as I can. This is my substitute for pistol and ball. With a philosophical flourish, Cato throws himself upon his sword. I quietly take to the ship. There's nothing surprising in this. If they but knew it, almost all men, in their degree, sometime or other, cherish very nearly the same feelings towards the ocean with me. That's from Moby Dick. Rereading great writing or even your favorite fiction deepens and elevates your thoughts. If you do not read, you might as well not be able to read. Here is a sample of some of the writing that helps me. This is from Sacred Games, published in 2007 by Vikram Chandra. And I knew also that there is no victory in this world without another longer, larger loss hiding inside it, that in our triumph we were already hunted by some disaster. Sartage was thinking about how uncanny an animal this life was, that he had to seize it and let it go of it at the same time that you have to enjoy but also plan and live every minute and die every moment. And what of disasters? Suppose the cable broke, the lift plummeted, carrying its load of men and women into the dark chasm below. Only Only the enlightened ones know what the story was. Only Guruji could shatter the prison of time and look directly into the blazing confusion of creation. Guruji, it is good of you to tell me that, I said. I thought I had been defeated. You are not defeated, he said. Have faith and do your work. 
this is from Meditations, Marcus Aurelius, published around A.D. 171. Stop fantasizing. Cut the strings of desire that keep you dancing like a puppet. Draw a circle around the present moment. Recognize what is happening. Dissect everything. Ponder your final hour. Leave the wrong with the person who did it. Feeling the God's headwind beating on our backs, we pull harder on the oars and make no complaint. My student days are over. Nevertheless, you can still learn to check your arrogance, learn to rise above pleasure and pain, learn to ignore flattery, and learn not to be upset with the gauche and ungrateful. Have before you at all times the icon of an ancient who practiced virtue. When you're overwrought with anger or impatience, think how fleeting this life is and how soon you and your vexations will be laid out in the grave. Plainly, no situation is better suited for the practice of philosophy than the one you are now in. And here's a quote from Albert Camus. In the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And this is from Thick Face, Black Heart, published in 1992 by Chen Ning Chu. I am am neither self-righteous nor too eager to please, nor am I seeking approval. In action, I am swift, competent, and dispassionate. In yielding, I am unabashed and have no concern for the judgment of others. In conquering, I am effective and can be ruthless. In action and non-action, I am changeless. I adopt whatever manner the situation calls for without regard for what others think of me. And this is from The Once and Future King, published in 1958 by T.H. White. There is a thing called knowledge of the world which people do not have until they are middle-aged. It is something which cannot be taught to younger people because it is not logical and does not obey laws which are constant. It has no rules. Only in the long years which bring women to the middle of life, a sense of balance develops. When she is beginning to hate her used body, she suddenly finds that she can do it. She can go on living. This is the last line of Annapurna, which is published by Maurice Herzog in 1958. There are other Annapurnas in the lives of men. This is from The Count of Monte Cristo, published in 1846, written by Alexandre Dumas. Life is a storm. You will bask in the sunlight one moment, be shattered on the rocks the next. What makes you a man is what you do when the storm comes. And this is from Rabbit Run, published in 1960 by John Updike. If you have the guts to be yourself, other people will pay your price. And from The Education of a Speculator, published in 1997 by Victor Niederhofer. I have my resolve and there are many things that I can do. Feeding the Rat, 1988 by Al Alvarez. The truth is, I like an unforgiving climate where if you make mistakes, you suffer for it. That's what turns me on, but every year you need to flush out your system and do a bit of suffering. It does you a power of good. 
I think that's because there's always a question mark about how you would perform. You have an idea of yourself, and if you just tootle along, you can think you're a pretty slick bloke until things go wrong. That's why I like feeding the rat. It's a sort of annual checkup. The rat is you, really. It's the other you, and it's being fed by the you that you think you are. And they were often very different people. But when they come close to each other, that's smashing, that is. Then the rats had a good meal, and you come away feeling terrific. It's a fairly rare thing, but you have to keep feeding the brute just for your own peace of mind. And even if you blow it, at least there's not that great unknown. But to snuff it without knowing who you are and what you are would be a shame. And finally, here are quotes from Cicero. The enemy is within the gates. It is with our own luxury, our own folly, our own criminality that we have to contend. Nothing is so strongly fortified that it cannot be taken with money. Ability without honor is useless. To be ignorant of what happens before you were born is to always remain a child. Every man can tell how many goats or sheep he possesses, but not how many friends. What is permissible is not always honorable. Finally, never neglect your soundtrack. You have music you care about. It is all cheap and at your fingertips now. Rediscover it, even your friends from your preteen years. It will soothe you and help you cry if that's what you need. Thanks to Michael Stowicki for his guidance when my life my work life was out of control.